Anything combat with Johnny K. But it's anything combat though. Welcome back, combatants, the Anything Combat Show, where we discuss everything mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Johnny K, and today we're joined by a pro MMA fighter based in Australia. He's 22, he's on the rise, up and comer. He's in the lightweight division. Please welcome Benny Patterson. How are you today? I'm good, thank you, but I'm an amateur, not a pro yet. Still on the amateur scene at the moment. Fucked up, fucked up, <laughs> fucked up the intro already. Fuck. Um, you know what? I'm gonna leave all that shit in. Fuck it. Um, how'd you get the nickname yeah. the Axe? Me, okay. So when I was when I was a bit younger, I was playing footy growing up, and um, I was playing like representative football from like 12 to like 18. Um, my dad and all his mates used to come and watch the games and I just, because I was a heap small on the field, I, I didn't really like hit puberty properly till like 15, 16, so I was quite small compared to the other boys. And in rugby, like the size differ- differentiates like a lot. So like if you're like a small player on the field, you've got to find different ways to get the big boys down. So I just used to pretty much just like, even though I was really small, just used to run like head first into these like massive props and just chop them in half pretty much. And then the nickname kind of grew from there. And then, um yeah, I was uh, looking for a nickname for my first fight down in Melbourne and uh, they said, what, what do you want to be called? And my dad was just saying, he was like, yeah, the axe. And I was like, yeah, all right. Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, that's sick. All right, I'll go with it. So it just went, went, rolled with the punches and just went with that nickname. So that first fight, was that in Hex Series, seeing that it was in Melbourne? No, nah, it was Rogue. It was, I think it was Jack Jenkins' promotion at the time. Is it still his promotion? I'm not too sure. I don't know really. I really know too much about that. But how did you get the call to fight for them, and uh, who was your opponent? Uh Jack Lipper. I'm pretty sure he just fought for um, the super lightweight belt uh, for Path the Hex just down there recently. I think last weekend. But yeah, he was my first fight. He was pretty. Um, he was pretty uh, pretty good on the ground. Let's just say, and um, it was a big wake up call to. Um, really get into the jiu-jitsu when fighting him because um obviously he, he's a he's, he's a brown belt and um his international his international level was pretty good he was winning like world world championships around australia and, and like went over to perth for a few competitions at like brown belt level so it was a tough fight from the get-go i'm pretty sure he was like three three and oh or three three and one at the time and I was debuting MMA, so it was a tough fight. But I only lost by split decision. But still, I look back on that fight now, and I think it could be debatable. Or it, I don't know. People have to go watch it to kind of just see my perspective on it, because I feel like I was getting the better of him on the feet. But there was times in the fight where I was kind of getting out grappled, and um, yeah, pretty much capitalised on my ground game at the time. But I worked really hard to try and get better on the ground. So. That isn't really an issue for me anymore, but back then it was. So yeah, I lost that fight split decision and it was a massive kick in the ass. So I was just like, fuck, I need to start really hammering the jiu-jitsu and the wrestling. So I just kind of got onto it real hard. And then yeah, now I don't really have any issues on the ground. So you're 22 now. When did you first start martial arts? And when are you thinking of turning pro? So I first started like martial arts. My dad is a fifth damn black belt in Taekwondo and his style of Taekwondo wasn't really like the Olympic style. It's more like 
it was a bit more lethal in a sense. But um, he he like they because the, there's two different federations that fight in the Olympics, and one of them is not allowed in the Olympics purely because it's not like it's not that point scoring kicking. You know, it's like you're kicking, you're trying to knock him out. It's more combat like related. And um, yeah, so I started that when I was about eight years old, and I've always been quite good at kicking, but I never really had hands. So I also started at a really young age, but um, I was kind of just because I was playing rugby uh, when I was younger, I uh, couldn't really like compete in fighting as well, and he wouldn't let me. He kind of thought that I was too immature, and I kind of had to like mature a bit before starting the sport. But um, I was more focused on footy at the time, so it's it just. Yeah, I had to kind of compromise my my fighting, and um, I competed in a few like tournaments and stuff when I was real young. But I had to like kind of just go go to training sessions here and there in between footy. So I was kind of playing like I was, I was a big boy as well when I was a bit young. I was like fuck, when I was sixteen, I was probably like eighty seven kilos walking around, just this big like meaty like fat head, just yeah, pretty much just putting on the weight to try and compete with the bigger boys. But um. Yeah, I, I kind of like started taking a light back to it around 2020, right before COVID. And then I started training at Eagle MMA with Alan. And Alan was like kind of the first person that took a lot to me. And he kind of said to me, he was like, listen, you're pretty good. Like, uh, like I feel like you've got like a future in this sport and I think you should try and do something with it. And then pretty much from then I put my head down and just went 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 for gold really and just try to try to just yeah keep up with all the pros that i was training with at the time and try to just get uh, upskill and get get better at my craft and now i'm where i am and i started i probably started competing around 20 like just started 2021 that was my first fight i had a kickboxing fight i had one kickboxing fight another one and i got into mma that year so i had, I had four fights that year all up but obviously, like, because of COVID and stuff, like, I would have fought before and I had something lined up before, but I had to, obviously, COVID messed everything up. So I was out for, like, two years. So it kind of took, like, two years away from my career, if you want to say, per se. But I've been training. I was training from, like, 2020 in MMA, but until now. So, yeah, so that was COVID kind of screwed everyone in that sense. But, yeah, that, that's, that was the time frame. What can you tell me about the Igor team with Alan? Is that the same team Josh Kulibau's at? Yeah, that's actually my old gym. So I was I used to train out of that gym, and um, I for my personal reasons, I kind of moved. I moved over to Lions Den Academy, and Alan's moved over there as well. Um, yeah, we did train with Josh, and um, it was a very good environment and stuff for like the most part. But in terms of just like sizing and like fighters wise like people like i was kind of training with people a lot lighter than me at the time like flyweights bandweights and it just wasn't really making sense and for me as a fighter i kind of got to look out for me so i kind of decided to make the switch over to lion's den just because now i'm i'm sparring with killers and guys that are giving me like proper hard rounds like lightweights welterweights featherweights like all around the same the same weight weight category in a sense because obviously like training with band weights that is they're very skilled band weights like they've got Perry and Joe 
but um them boys are just a lot lighter than me so it didn't really make sense for me to like drill and like wrestle with guys that that light it wasn't really benefiting me in a sense and i was kind of going towards like uh benefiting myself obviously just because it's my career you know like i want i want the best out of my career and yeah so from for my own reasons i made the switch over the lines then but yeah it was it was a good time there like i've got nothing bad to say about the gym it was just not working for me and um yeah josh josh is a legend uh the boys there are all legends it's just it's just just wasn't for me there so but I've moved over to Lions Den now, and that that that's been a massive change, and I've really seen my my game elevate at the time. Now it's just like I'm getting good rounds, and I'm constantly upskilling. All the level there is just so high, and I'm getting like hard competitive rounds. There's boys that haven't even fought yet that are like giving me hard rounds. Like the level's quite high there, and just I like the way how they train. I like the way they do things. So I've kind of found a new home there now, me and Alan. So it's been good. Who gives you those really hard rounds at Lions Den? Okay. Um, so we've got this, we've got two two boys that are fighting on the super fight card that I'm fighting on in next week. We've got Leon, we've got Leon, Marwan, Chris Morris is very good. Um, and we've got a few amateurs under, uh, there's like 10 boys on that card, but around my weight, that's them them boys probably give me the hard and like George Mangos gives me pretty solid rounds as well he's 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 an up-and-coming killer and he's only 20 years old and he's he's out there killing adults in the eternal scene at the moment so he's doing really well and we've got the likes of Michael Stanoff that obviously he's a big fella and he's he throws me around a fair bit which is good but um yeah those boys are very good Chris Chris is very good Mr. Janowski I think that's how you say his name he's very good as well um but yeah, so the pros and like the high level amateurs are very good there. And um even the guys that haven't had the fights yet, there's too many to mention at the moment. Just we've got probably like ten guys fighting on this super fight coming up next weekend that I'm fighting on. But um these guys, um, yeah, they're just straight killers and just they're grappling and the way they mix things up are just is just crazy. Like it, it, I just didn't I've never really felt anything like that. And then I went there and then I kinda of felt like, yeah, this is like the place to be. Like they're all competitive, they're all giving me hard rounds, they're all like making making me work. And like in this point in time it's probably the best and the fittest I've been in like my whole career and, and most confident in a sense. Because obviously when you're training around killers you become a killer in a sense. So now I'm getting this like newfound confidence that all these other boys are walking around with. So it's good it's good it's it's a good vibe there as well. It's good to feel it. You tell me that you got huge for football. Did you play at AFL or rugby? Uh, rugby union and rugby league. So I was playing I was playing rugby league in 2016-2015-2016. And then I was playing rugby union like through through high school. So I was playing like second first seconds and first fifteen at the time. So I was, I've currently, I was like always recovering from injuries though. So my body's like super hyper, hyper flexible. And like I've had like, fuck, like eight knee surgeries, man, like fuck. But, and like they, they, the surgeon said to me, listen, like the footy is probably not for you, eh? But like, fuck, I'll just, I just like the contact and all that. And I guess where that, that's, that's where the MMA comes in now. Cause like, I'm so used to like playing footy against these guys, like 
50 kilos heavier than me and now that I'm fighting people that are my size I kind of don't really care if you get what I'm saying like it's like people that are my yeah, way so yeah you're basically saying that now that you had eight knee fucking surgeries for rugby now you just knee people in the face and it's better yeah yeah oh trust me yeah like I, I was copping knees off guys 150 kilos eating knees off them like footy boots to the mouth and that here so it was just kind of just like now it's just like like anything that really comes like i find it very hard to get like rocked fighting people my size in a sense but like there there has been times but again like compared to when i was playing footy obviously now it's just like it's not as much of a stress you know like i don't have to really worry about like getting properly hurt whereas like these big like the, the the worst ones were the farm boys the guys that were like boarding and they'll they'll just kind of just like the biggest like they, they lived on the farm just pulling around cows and shit all day and they're just like jacked forearms big legs just running a hundred to hundred like hundred kilos of weight running towards your head and it's just like oh, oh you know what i mean like it's just it's it's no good but um yeah, I guess that's where, like, I kind of found the love, the love for MMA because I, I, I had to stop playing footy. It was just too much for my body at the, and, like, it's, it's, it's not ideal for, for my body type. So I kind of had to give that away, but I, I needed to find something else because I, I got a bit lost without it and I kind of didn't know what to do with my life. So I was just like, fuck, I need to start, like, doing something else with contact. And I don't know, MMA kind of brought came to light and, yeah, that's, that's how that whole journey kind of started. Tell me about your knees right now. Um, you got those surgeries. How are you feeling when it comes to, you know, your, your injury? And uh, are you back to 100% or is there still some stuff that you need to work on? Nah, so I've, I've, I'm 100% now, but I've really worked hard on getting them back to 100%. Uh, I've got this strength coach, Jonathan Bailey, and he he's helped me get my knees to 100% again. Now they just they feel pretty solid and... Everything's working fine with them now. I haven't had any major issues with them. If if anything, they've probably been the best nick out of my whole body. But um, it was just it was more just like the bigger fellas, like like body was just not ideal. It's changed a lot of changing directions, like statically and stuff as well, which caused a bit of uh bit of a bit of uh um ACL tears in both my knees. So. I've recovered very well from them. All the muscles are very strong. I would say my legs are probably the biggest part of my body these days because I've worked so hard to getting them back to 100%. But yeah, they're, they're good to go now and they're, they're solid. Like, they're very solid. You know, they're probably the strongest thing on my body at the moment. If you're big, how bad is the weight cut for you? How many kilos are you cutting? So out of camp, like when I'm not dieting, I, I walk around at like 82, 83 kilo. Um, I get pretty like bulky. But when I'm in camp and I'm watching what I'm eating and, and I'm dieting down right, I'll, I'll get down. Last week I was like 77 kilo and this week I've looked the calories as well. So I'm down to like 76.2.3. So now it's just a matter of getting through to next week, which I hope I can get down to like 75 around and that would be ideal to start flight week camp. And then just hopefully, hopefully don't have to cut more than three and a half kilo and then that would be an ideal cut for me so throughout the whole camp i'm probably cutting from from the start of camp to fight fight day i'm probably cutting like 
12 kilo, 12 kilo, 11, 12 kilo. Yeah, around that. So that, 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 that's sweet. Died. Sorry, bro, I interrupted. No, nah, it's all good. That's just, that's just without all the diving and all that. That's just, yeah, so that, that's pretty much like the main, the main weight, 12 kilo, 11, 10. It, it, it works around. It depends if I'm fighting back to back, but usually I can maintain pretty well. So if I've got something booked in for the, like, closer to a date, so say a fight and I'm booked in six weeks again later, I, I don't pig out too much and I just kind of keep my weight, like, reasonable, get back on the diet as fast as I can. And then, like, usually I, I do pretty well getting the weight down again. So it's not really a big thing. It's kind of when I'm out of camp for a bit, I just I kind of let go a bit and just, yeah, obviously I love my food and I'm a bit of a pig. So I eat, I eat quite a bit of food and I um, put on that. Put on, put on that little podge in my belly, so yeah, it's pretty much it with my weight. I forgot to ask you, what position did you play in rugby? So in rugby league, I was playing what? Because I'd just tackle people all the time, and then rugby union, I was playing number six, number seven, inside and outside playing grind. Sometimes I was at the back of the scrum, number eight as well. But that was just me. I was very good at tackling people. Like in terms of ball skill, I wasn't that great, but oh, good enough in a sense. But yeah, I was pretty good at just tackling, like attacking tackles and stuff. So that that that's where the coaches wanted me back then. But yeah, so those were the positions I was playing at the time. But yeah, it was good fun, but just a lot of like head knocks and obviously surgeries to come with it. Um, would you say that your dad is your biggest inspiration in MMA? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, he he was, he was kind of a bit skeptic about it when I first started, and he was kind of like, I don't know if he's going to take it seriously or anything, because I kind of like he kind of lost a bit of hope in me. I, I actually I actually worked on the cranes as a, as a as a um as a rigger, and I was climbing up and down tower cranes like rigging them up and just doing different different types of jobs in that industry, but um. I didn't really like the lifestyle and stuff, so I, I obviously tried MMA. And then when I started it, he's like, "Well, if you're gonna do it, do it full throttle." And then yeah, so I've, I've pretty much just since, since um since he saw that I could do it, he said, "Go for gold with it, mate. Just don't look back if you're gonna do it. Just make sure you focus 100 percent of your time on it." And and that's what I've done for the last three years or so. So just pretty much head pedal to the metal and just head straight, just looking straight to where I want to go. That's obviously like I'm not doing this shit for fun. Like I, I want to make a career out of it. I want to get to the UFC one day, and like I'm not, I'm not like obviously like this is this is it's all well and good to be an amateur and stuff, but I'd, I'd really like to get to the top level one day, and obviously I'll do whatever I can to get there. What can you tell me about Daniel Amari? Amari, I believe his name is. Daniel Amari. Daniel, think you're going to beat him? Okay, so he's actually, I've, I've actually, he's come to the gym a few, like my old gym at Eagles a few times to spar, and I haven't, I didn't really see much of him. I think I was in, I might have been injured at the time, or I might have been sparring other people, but um. He came into the gym before. He he seems like he's pretty good. And like his stand ups really good. I've seen, I've seen he's 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 had a couple he's had a couple stoppages in MMA, but and he fights very well uh, in kickboxing. I hear he's pretty good at kickboxing as well. But 
again, like I, I, I've I've had kickboxing fights. I've I've stri- stri- I've been striking for a while now, so I'll, I've got confidence in my ability to strike with him. But again, this is MMA, so I'll I'll I want to mix it up in there. Um, if I'm comfortable on the feet, comfortable on the feet, I'll keep striking with him. But obviously, like I don't think my coaches would be too happy with that. They would want me to mix it up, so I'll be happy to mix it up with him. It's going to be a tough fight. It's probably the toughest two-day at the moment. But, um, yeah, I've got nothing bad to say about him. I, I respect him as an athlete. I know he's I know he's pretty good in, his, in what he does. His gym's pretty good with them Wittelai and stuff. So I've got nothing bad to say about him. But, he's, yeah, he's, he's going to be a tough fight. And I'm, I'm keen to bring the fire to it, really. I'm keen to have a scrap. And um, hopefully he can, he, can, he can deliver on that promise. Which fighter do you try and replicate their style and implement into your game? I've had stages when I'm fighting. Um, I kind of like if if I'm gonna, I, I like my, I've got my own kind of thing going on at the moment. And like, I feel like I've got good kicks and I've got good striking, but I do like to, I do like to bring the wrestling into it. it might be the footy in me or something. But so like, I kind of see a little bit of Volkanovski in myself. Actually, like I like I like how he does things. Like. He's good on the feet. He's slick with his hands, slick with his feet. Takes him down, bashes him on the ground, lets him up, fights him. You know, like just mixing it up well. Um, I like Robert Whitaker's style. I like Volkanovski. Um, there, Jack Jack Della Maddalena, That 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 guy's a fucking weapon as well. I really like his style and his crisp boxing and stuff. That that that's probably probably one of the main, main top three that I, I try to like emulate. But um, yeah, they're they're very creative with with their craft and how they do things. Good good with their jiu-jitsu and um, their striking's crisp, Brad. So that's it's kind of what I'm trying to go towards with my fighting. But obviously, I just want to put my own pace to it. You know, ha- have my own kind of style in a sense. You've spoken to Volk and you've spoken to Rob. What did they tell you? Uh, well, at the time, Rob, Rob was a legend. Um, I went to the UFC presser. Thank you to Josh Coolabell for taking me there. Um, but yeah, he, he, he invited me to come to the UFC presser for his fight in Perth. And we, we all went there as a team and, um, Rob actually came up to me and introduced himself and was really nice to me and, um, was really like talkative and I was kind of starstruck standing there like, fuck this guy. It's like I've seen him on TV bashing people and now he's like in my face, you know, it was, it was, I was starstruck talking to him. But he, he's, he's a super nice dude. Like he's really, really down to earth and like was just like making jokes and that. But um, at the time, that time I was actually fighting one of Volkanovski's boys. So Taylor Seaton, he's a, he was a good fighter. He was, he was a good fighter from, um, from Wollongong, uh, from Freestyle. And I was fighting him at the time, so I think it was just a bit like standoffish at the time, and mainly because like we're all these amateurs rocking up, rocking up to their pressure and like just getting in the way. So Volk really didn't really have much to say about it, you know. Like he was kind of like, why, why are you here? In a sense, more, more so. Like he was kind of busy just doing his press conference and just wanted to get out of there. And like we were just kind of like looking at them, like starstruck, as 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 anyone would be though, like. You're the top level MMA in the UFC. Like you're standing there, you got these amateurs coming up to you, and like you're like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" In a sense, so it was kind of that was kind of the vibe I got from him, in a sense. But yeah, like hopefully one day I can get to the stage and like have a proper chat to him. That would be cool. But um, yeah, like 
that was pretty much it with him. But um, actually, after my fight in Wollongong, he came up to me and my dad and was like, oh, good fight, good fight, and was being nice and respectful then, but he didn't really have much to say before it. understand so Robert Whitaker right I, I rate him I rate his style he's done so much in the sport I consider him the third best middleweight to ever live like to ever compete in MMA I love his style he's achieved so much he had a bad performance not a bad performance but Drukas Duplessis is very good right so what do you think about that performance and do you see Rob getting back into the middleweight title picture anytime soon I felt like I felt like he he needs to change something up. I feel like he's been doing that same. I feel like Drukas did his homework and just knew how he was going to fight, and he fights with his hands down a lot. So it was kind of just like he kind of like Drukas did his homework and capitalized on his holes. So that's how that's how I see it. But um. I really want to see him get back to the top. Um, I, I when I actually had shoulder surgery um, at the start of the year, and my doctor that I had is Rob's doctor. So when I was going to my appointments to talk about my shoulder, I was seeing him at the appointments and stuff, and having chats with him and that about about things. But I think he actually might have had a knee injury at the time going into that fight because I was getting I was going for a scan of my shoulder, and I was asking him why he was there, and he was like, "Yeah, something's going on in my knee," and I was like, oh, "Okay." A bit worried about it then but like yeah who knows like obviously it might have been nothing but yeah that's what he said to me when i was when i saw him that um it was like it's the sydney clinic in um uh, in the entertainment quarter so that that's where i saw him and that's what he said to me but i do think he could could make a comeback but it'd be like he kind of ridiculed the whole division like anyone everyone but izzy and now drukas has come up and like obviously put on that performance against him and Izzy's lost the belt now so Strickland's holding the belt so who knows what could happen like I kind of see I kind of see Drickus beating Strickland in a sense like I don't see Strickland winning against Drickus Duplessis I feel like Drickus is going to win that fight and then if anything Rob that's probably Rob's chance to get back at it or because I don't know if Izzy's going to come back for that title for, for a while I think he's going to take a bit of time off considering his last fight like you're getting done for fucking you're getting done for drink driving a week out from your fight like you know there's something not right there so he's just got to go back and just fucking recalibrate his brain and just realise it's probably not the brightest idea buddy you're not John Jones <laughs> not, you're not getting on the piss like a week out from your fight and performing you know not ideal, but um, yeah, I think yeah, Rob could definitely make make it back to that championship status. That'd be good to see. But yeah, so that's my take on it anyway. I think if if Rob can tally up a couple good wins and get back into the title picture, I think Rob can beat Sean Strickland. What do you think about that? Yeah, if he keeps his hands up. If he keeps his hands up, I reckon he'll be able to beat him because obviously Strickland's pretty slick with his boxing and you saw what he did to Israel in the first round, dropped him like, pretty pretty convincingly as well. Could, could have almost finished the fight there. Um, he just, yeah, I'd, I'd say just keep your hands up and he's probably just got to work on his hand defense a little bit better, to be fair. But yeah, that that that, that that's definitely a possibility. It depends how you look at it. it depends how, how he comes back and if he can 
get, he's getting old, you know, like he's what, 33, 34 at the moment. Wait, how old is he actually? He's like 38, isn't he? 36, 37, I don't know. Which, which fighter? Rob, Rob, late 30s, eh? Rob, 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 Rob is a young fighter. He's younger than Israel Adesanya. Israel's 34 and Rob's 32 or something. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, he's got like a few years to get back to that championship status. Like, I, I feel like he could do it, but he's just got, he's just got, he's just got, he's got some things that he needs to change up and he, he'll get there eventually, I reckon. It'd be good to see it. Be it'd be like a storytell ending in a sense. I'd, I'd I'd really like to see it. It'd make me a very happy Australian. Do you think that Australian MMA is uh, in the best spot that it's ever been? Yeah, definitely. I I think yeah. You've got you've got the likes of like obviously Rob Rob was holding the throne at middleweight and you've got Bolt fighting for the double champ status this weekend and you've got Jack Della Maddalena coming up and like. Making making noise in the welterweight division, he's probably going to get his title shot soon. Like, like I'd say the Australian MMA scene is pretty solid at the moment. Um, even like the amateur scene, you see some of the guys fighting, and there's some high level amateurs around at the moment too. So, yeah, I th- I feel like, and also the early pros are just getting into the UFC. The likes of Jack Jenkins and that Tom Nolan as well. He he's fucking pretty good too. Like. They'd made some noise in in the in the in the uh, the uh, the local scene around here in um, Eternal and and whatnot. But um, yeah, I feel like they're gonna make some noise when they when they climb the ranks of the UFC. And obviously, like we've got the likes of Josh Coolabell and Jamie Malarkey and that. So that they've been holding their own in that sense of things. But yeah, I feel like the Australian this this there will be Australian sides kind of coming up all together, and we've kind of got the best all-rounded uh mma in a sense you know like we're not just strikers not just wrestlers they're just mixing it up really well I feel like they've got a fair idea of how to do it these days and everyone's kind of working with each other around australia you know like you got guys like flying down to wollongong you got guys coming up to the central coast like guys around australia they're all all the best at training with the best so it's, that's kind of just obviously going to upskill everyone in, in the same in the same in the same sense of things like everyone else is just like probably doing their own thing in america you see like every gym's kind of competing with each other so in australia everyone kind of works together in a sense you got guys flying over to perth to train and like you know like you're helping out with everyone's camp so i think there's that camaraderie as well in australia that's the big thing as well really underrated fighter that not that many people are talking about is Steve Ursa. He's also an Australian. Have you heard of him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The flyweight. Yeah. Yes, sir. So basically, I, I really like his style. He beat a ranked opponent in David Dvorak. I think he's a guy that we need to look out for because he's one that's flying under the radar just because he's in that lower weight class. And I think he's got a lot of potential as well as well. Definitely, I feel like that flyweight division is very shallow as well. So he, he'd, if he's able to climb, climb the ranks pretty fast, he'll probably get to that title. I think he's he, he was the eternal champ at one point. Yeah, at, at flyweight. I'm not so, too sure about that, but why did you say that the flyweight division is shallow? I feel like there's not many flyweights in Australia, at least. Like. Oh, I'm not yeah, saying, well, the, the, of course yeah. there's the line, but what about the UFC? Oh, okay. Um, 
No, I'm talking about I'm talking about um the local scene, like the flyweights here. There's not many flyweights. Everyone's kind of finding bandweight fights and whatnot. But yeah, the flyweight division here is pretty shallow. But in the UFC, obviously, like if he can get if he can climb those top ten ranks very soon, he, he's he's got he's got all the skills to make it to the championships at us. Like he, he's got he's got everything you need. Like, he's a character, he's funny, he's like, you know, he can talk on the mic. You see, I, I watched his debut fight in UFC and it was a, f a pretty impressive fight as well, you know. So, and he was pretty good on the mic afterwards as well, made me laugh. So, I, I feel like he's one to watch as well for everyone coming up. It's 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 it's, it's kind of inspirational as well because, like, you see these guys on the local scene fighting and then you see them fight in the UFC like oh shit you know you could be there one day in a sense so yeah so he could definitely he could he could definitely cl climb the ranks and get into that top 10 status and then maybe championship it's a bit early to say though I don't want to sit here and be like he's going to make it in the top 10 and loses his next three fights you know I don't want to give him too much smoke but he's got he's definitely got everything he needs to get there in a sense one fighter that you brought up before was JDM. Now, to be honest, I liked his performance against Basil. The only problem that I saw with it is that he kept on pulling guillotine. And, yeah, and it pulls, you know, yeah, that was kind of bad fight IQ. So he did show a really good performance against Kevin Holland, a tough opponent. What do you think about um, his skill level to do with the upper, like upper echelon of the division, the wrestlers in the top five? To be honest with you, I I was watching that fight with Bazzi and I was actually freaking out. I thought that was getting very, very, very close. And I think he could have definitely fought a bit differently and might have just made a few mistakes that night. But he did look very good against Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland's what in that like top tier of that division as well. But again, you know, like you're in a training camp, like you're constantly like upskilling and he's just only going to get better, you know. This is only the stuck, he's what, for six, six fights into the UFC and he's already like where he is. So, and he performs every time, you know, it's not a boring fight with him. Like you're always watching a scrap and it's either a finish or like it's, it's a three round war, you know, like that, those last two fights he's had were impressive and they were good to watch. But, you know, it could have been a bit debatable with the win over Bazir, not like he definitely won against Kevin, but Bazir, I, I don't know. I was watching that fight and I was a bit, I was a bit worried there for a second. I didn't know what the what the scorecards were going to be, but um, yeah, it worked in his favour, which was good. So, obviously, it's good to see him go go to that next step. Like it very well could have been. I, I reckon that other guy is going to going to make some noise in the division. He's a big, big welterweight. It's huge, so strong as well. He looks jacked. <laughs> he's a he's a friend of the show as well, and uh, Basil Basil's coaches. He's got he's got really good jujitsu coaches. He's a black belt. He's got really good wrestling, and he's got decent striking. He's a full package, and for JDM to beat him, I don't know what that says about the division. Like maybe maybe uh, JDM beat a future like top top five dude. You you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Obviously, he's got, he's got a bit more to prove himself in the UFC. That's his first fight. He took on short notice, which is a big thing. But the way he performed on short notice was like, wow. Like, he's definitely going to make some noise once he has a few more fights. It'll be interesting to see. I'll be keen. I'll be keen to keep watching him for sure. Isn't he fighting soon? 
I haven't seen I haven't seen if he's booked at all, but let, like moving on, I do want to ask you about your kickboxing. So you've had your kickboxing match, but I want to know, um, would you ever go back to kickboxing or Muay Thai? Would you ever go go to the one championship and fight like just in that rule set? Fuck no, nah, I don't really want. Nah, I don't. I don't really want to. I don't really want to fight. I, I I like it. It's fun. It's. It, I like. I don't mind doing it. It's less to worry about, you know, just scrapping, kicking and punching, but I'm more, I'm, I like MMA more, no headgear and like obviously little gloves, but getting into that pro, the pro, the pro leagues for K1 is like no headgear and stuff, but I don't know, I just, it, it doesn't really interest me that much, you know, in terms of things. I, I like the sport, I like fighting it, but it's just, it's not like where I want to go with it. I, I wouldn't really settle for anything less, like UFC is kind of like, like, every every kid's dream you know like you you see guys do it and you're just like yeah that's what i want to do that's where i want to be you know like in terms of things so i'm I'm, that that's kind of where my my tunnel vision's going and that's where i'm just going to keep working towards regardless of when i go pro when i anything you know just that's just what i'm going to keep working towards you know like just just that 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 that's the tunnel vision goal so hopefully get there one day but a bit early, bit bit early on to say, but yeah, that 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 would be the goal, for sure. But yeah, no, I do love the sport. It's a good sport. It's it's sick. Like I do like fighting it too. It's very fun. But yeah, no, it's it's not for me. Ben, have you ever had an injury in the octagon that you thought was like, like, that there was going to be some severe damage after the fight was done? Yeah, definitely. Um, I got. My first MMA fight, I got kneed in the balls, like in the clinch. And there was a moment in there where like it kind of set my mind off because I thought my nuts were in my stomach at one point. And like, it was like one of those moments where it's like your first fight, so you don't want to be like ripping your shorts open to check if your balls are still there. So I kind of just like swallowed the pill and just fighting with it. But yeah, that was probably the worst thing in a fight that I've experienced. It was, yeah, it was definitely one of those like showstoppers where I was just thinking about it for the whole fight and I stopped fighting and like, obviously like had to check what was going on down there afterwards. It was pretty, pretty horrific. It wasn't nice, a nice view, but yeah, like obviously the cup, the cup only protects you so much. And obviously if you get kicked in the cup very hard, then yeah, it can, you can whack your balls. It kind of hurts more because you know, it's a hard up and it's just like, you know, it's like, it's like a double whammy. It's hitting the cup and it's hitting your nuts. Whereas like, if you just get hit straight balls, it's straight balls, you know? Uh, do, do you think that should be scored holistically or do you think they should just stay it around by round? Because dude, like a fight that Islam Makachev versus uh, Volkanovski in the first one, dude. When you're talking about damage and you're talking about who landed the strikes, dude, Volk landed more strikes as we know, right? Mm-hmm. But of course, Islam won those rounds and he won the fight, right? But you can tell who on the street would have won. You get what I'm saying? So oh, do yeah, you think 100%. they should change that? Ah, oh, it's 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 a tough one to say because I was there live watching it. Like I was what I was at UFC. What was it two two something? I don't know. I don't, don't remember what one it was. But I was at the UFC watching it, and and I think that I think I thought that Volk won at the time, 
I don't know. It, it just seems like, I don't know, off, if you're going off the energy of the crowd and you're kind of going off, like, who finishes the fight on top and in a sense of, like, excitement factor, I think Volk definitely won it. But if you're going to look at it round by round and score it how UFC scores things, I'd say that, um, yeah, obviously... Islam could have could have easily got that win. So it's a it's a very it's a debatable topic. You got Islam fans saying that he's won it, and then you've got like Volk fans saying he's won it. So it's one of those touchy subjects that it's going to be settled this weekend. So you know, but I do think yeah, in my my opinion, I think I think Volk Volk won that. Yeah, definitely. But it, it's not one championship. You know, you got kind of got to score it round by round. One championship score it like that. Like if you bring the excitement factor to a sense that that I think that UFC should bring that kind of like like excitement factor in, into into the scoring as well. And like end of round five, he's on his back getting his head punched in. Volk's walking around the ring with his hands up and his arms on the ground, like recovering. You know, so it didn't look very good. But I don't know. It's 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 one of those things that needs to be settled. It's going to get settled this weekend, though. But I don't know how Bog's going to do on, like, 10 days in Redis. Who knows? It'd be cool to see it, though. My prediction, my prediction for the rematch is that I think Volk is no longer scared of the wrestling component of the match. Like, he wasn't scared for the first time, but he didn't have the correct information that he needed. Now that he's not worried about either getting submitted or taken down, he's he's comfortable in that position. He's going to engage in a more risky game plan, and I'm calling that he will. I think the I think the what I'm predicting is that most people they don't know what they don't know, so they can't prep for it. And I think Volk didn't realize that he can out cardio uh, Makachev. I thought that maybe he would have. Um, thought that Makachev had the superior cardio or had good enough cardio to stay in there for 25. And I think Volk, the reason that he's taken it on on such short notice is that Volk is going to try and put it on him for the first three rounds of the fight and he's going to try and melt him. I think that he realised that he can push the pace much uh, faster and harder than Makachev. And I think he's going to... I think the game plan is actually going to be get into a striking exchange with Makachev at such a high pace that Makachev gasses out and then he TKOs him either in the third or fourth. I think this is the reason that he's coming in a little bit smaller. I think that it doesn't matter for him about sizing when it comes to the grappling exchanges. I don't think because he was smaller or bigger, he gets held down either way. I think it's more of a technical thing. Dude, Habib holds holds Conor McGregor down and then he, you know, uh, Connor does well, stuffs the takedowns. Khabib holds Dustin Poirier down, who's bigger than, than Connor, and Dustin has no answers for it, right? It's the same thing, same combat Sambo style. I think Volk has the has the wrestling IQ to keep it on the feet, and I am predicting a third to four, um, fourth round knockout, which is a very, very um, risky pick by me. And, dude, on sports bets, paying fucking $7, so let's go. Yeah, chuck it on, mate. Put put the house on it. Yeah, no, I I do. I think I. Who knows? He, he, Volk needs to climatize too. You know, like he's going over to Abu Dhabi. It's completely different over there. It's like, I feel like Islam that could have affected his cardio coming here to Australia. Climatizing to Australia could have been pretty hard as well. 
So who really knows? Because Volk gone over there in 10 days notice, you know, he's flying straight out. He's got 10 days to acclimatise, you know, like he needs to get, get things going straight away. But yeah, I do see that happening. I feel like Volk will push the pace. And, and you, you heard Volk talking about it. He's saying that he's not that strong in his last fight. He's not that strong in, in, in the terms of things. But who knows? Islam might have been doing some ways or something. Like, you never know what people are doing in their camp to improve. So he might, he might, he might come out a completely different fighter. But in terms, I can see, I can definitely see it going the way that you see it. Could even sub him, to be honest. He's got his black belt as well, Volk. So. It'd be cool to see him sub him, and that's paying quite a bit of money. Imagine that. Imagine that. If he got subbed, Islam, it'd be great to see. This sport is so unpredictable. Look, bro, there's no chance Volkanovski uh, submits uh, Islam Makachev. There's no chance. I'll piss myself if it happens then. I'll be messaging you straight away. <laughs> oh, if he does it, I'll lose it. <laughs> The funniest thing ever. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel like it will happen either. But you can only. You can. Only, you, can only, you can only throw what's out in the stars. You know, like fuck it. It'd be good to see. You saw. Did you see his um, his open workout where he's doing all the jujitsu moves and that, like palming all over. Uh, what's his name? The B team bloke. What's his name? Forgot his name. What Craig Jones. Craig Jones, yeah, he's doing he's doing the warm ups with Craig Jones and and he's like doing all these different submissions and stuff. So it'd be cool to see what he can throw up in the fight because I think that's the way he's kind of going about it. But that'd be awesome to see that. But yeah, no, I can definitely see how how you see it. Um, it it's a very 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 possible outcome that that could happen. But you never know. Ten days is again short time to climatize. So you know you kind of want two weeks there acclimatise properly or even three so 10 days could be a game changer but um i'll be getting up at five o'clock to watch that fight anyway i'll be keen to see it so you're bringing up about the submissions let's talk about Kulabau. he's a very good grappler how many times has he submitted you in training um when i first joined the gym he fucked me up all the time <laughs> he used to fuck me up all the time yeah he kind of like yeah bullied me humbled me hard like fuck in the grappling especially and he gets big out of camp too he walks like he pigs out and gets up to like 84 kilo outside of camp so he's like a middleweight on top of you and you're getting ready to fight he's like already put on 12 13 kilos you know so yeah he's yeah definitely uh, towards the end of it, I was doing all right against him, but yeah, yeah he's he's a hard. He's definitely got like some good grappling there. He's he, he's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, but I feel like he could easily be a black belt. It's just the Igor grading system is a bit different to the jiu-jitsu grading system. You kind of it's like MMA grading, where you got to do all these different martial arts as well, on top of um just the normal uh, jiu-jitsu. So I feel like he would be a black belt in a, any other gym, but it's just the grading system's a bit different. So he's he's a purple at the moment. Oh, it's Bob. How often do you hit the surf? Oh, fuck. I, I'm, I'm actually just a part-time surf coach. Yeah, one guy, so that's my job at the moment. So um, I'm, I, I do that in between training sessions. I train once in the morning, and then I work, and then I train in the Arvo. But, um... I, I don't really have much time to get in the water anymore, but I used to surf quite often, nearly every day. But um, like it's obviously still there and stuff. But on my breaks and stuff, I'll go, I'll go out with the board and 
try and pick up what I what, what where I left off with it. But um, yeah, it, yeah, I don't really have much time for it. And in terms of like getting injured and stuff, it's probably not the smartest thing to be doing while in a camp, you know. But I love it's good fun. I really do like do, like surfing. It gets my mind off the fighting as well, and it keeps you fit too. So it, it, it's good. Yeah, I, I do love it. It's it's very good. My dad actually taught me how to surf, and that's what that we used to kind of bond over that as well. So yeah, so yeah, surfing has always been a big part of my life. But surfing in Sydney is not that good. I used to love going over to Indonesia and surfing like Sambawa and like in different islands of Bali. But yeah, it's just surfing here's a bit crowded and you just got too many kooks like the water and you're just kind of running into people all the time. You know, it's just like you've got like people on boogie boards and limbers and other shit surfers. So you're just kind of running over and like speed bumps in a sense, you know? So it's just like not ideal. But, um, out in Indonesia, like, you kind of got guys that are pretty good, so you're in a lineup. So you just got a whole wave to yourself. You don't have to worry about looking people over, which is good. So, yeah. But surfing, yeah, it's a big, been a big part of my life. And I do very much enjoy surfing. It's very good. Very good sport to keep fit, too. I often go to Indonesia for the surf. I used to go once a year. So from my 2016 onwards, I was going once a year with my dad. It was kind of like a little surf trip thing that, that we were doing, um, that we used to do. And um, we used to just go over there and um, for like a week or two and just, just surf the best waves and then come home. And you'd be surfing such good waves that you'd come home here and go out and you'd be like, fuck this. And just paddling because it's like so many people out and like the surf obviously doesn't compare to what it is over there but yeah I've, I've had a few stories from over there as well i actually got blood poisoning in my knee from from surfing over there I, yeah i got fucking golden strep fucking knee when i was 19 yeah i, I got a reef cut and because the water's heaps filthy over there um i got infected and then went to my knee because i had surgery on my knee like kind of latched onto my knee and like close to dying and that like my liver shut down kidney shut down and um i had to get i was in hospital for a month getting some antibiotics and stuff so yeah almost got my leg amputated and all that so that was that was definitely a, an experience in itself but that was the last time i went to indonesia and i haven't gone back since are you kidding me you like almost died your leg almost got chopped off dude why what the hell is that like yeah. so what was that was that strength i don't get it no it was fucking crazy it's not good at all it was the most crooked thing to happen to me um it was the worst timing as well. So I what got, was the disease? Did they tell you? Yeah, golden strep. Or like golden staff or something. What is that? So it's pretty much like, it's, an, it's a blood infection. So it went up to my knee. So I'll put it to you this way. They put like a syringe that long into my knee and like pulled out blood and it was just like what us in my leg. So like there was no blood in my leg. So, it, so the, the blood in my leg had turned yellow. So it was. You're like, fucking kidding me. Nah, I'm not even joking, eh? I was in hospital. I was in, I was in hospital for like four weeks for it, bro. It was fucking drilled for me. They were pumping me for. Shut up. They were pumping me. They were pumping me full of. Um... Oh, that's a fucking dog, bro. 
They were popping me for putting me in a rear naked choke. Fucking. Anyway, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I was very close to getting my leg cut off, so that was that was a pretty big, like, experience for me. It was new. And um, I was in hospital. Oh, there's, there's plenty of things about that. I was in hospital. The nurses fucking hate me there because I was in the hospital for four weeks, and I was just like, no, because the pain was so bad, like, morphine, like, like endones, all these painkillers they give to normally people weren't working. So they gave me ketamine through a drip and like, I was hallucinating. Yeah, bro, like, fuck, like I was, I was sitting there like abusing nurses and shit, like just sitting there cooked off my brain, like going, what the fuck? Like thinking that nurses were trying to kill me and shit, like putting tangling on them. But that, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it was, it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty, it was a pretty dark experience. Let's just say that. And like, every time I go back there now, I just hit my head down and like obviously walk 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 far away from the nurses so it was it was embarrassing in itself but yeah like that was probably one of the darkest times of of my life back then but it's a funny story to tell the kids you know i'll, I'll be able to bring it up in the future and tell them that your dad nearly lost his leg one day <laughs> that is that is fucked up if a shark ever attacked you what submission would you do to it <sighs> Straight elbow to the nose, mate. What about a rear naked choke? Nah, those things are fat, bro. You're not, you're not, you're not getting anywhere near that kid, that thing's neck, bro. Like, you're probably like, you got to think about it. They got their fins and that, so if you you can't, it's got no neck to get under. One, two, like, they're dumb as shit as well. So they they don't. They can't really see shit. They just smell it, you know? Like, their sense of direction comes from their scent. So they use their nose. So the best thing to do if you ever get caught around near a shark, just smack it in the nose. It's kind of, you got to go straight for the nose, bro. You know? that That's the best way to get rid of sharks. And you see videos of it, like, it's me telling you it, but you can see videos of people that, like, mess around with sharks in the water that go scuba diving you grab their nose and like redirect them because that's where they like that's how they sense like where to go and that's why they get like drawn to blood because like that's the whole stigma behind it because of like their nose their scent is the way they see shit that's because that's why they attack people because their eyesight's bumhole i can't say shit you know what i mean like their eyesight's heaps shit, so they see like something on a surfboard and they go, oh, that's a seal, you know? But it's like a fucking person surfing. But they just like smell, smell and go towards it. But yeah, I'd definitely give them a swift elbow to the nostrils if I had to. <clears throat> final, final topic for the show. So, Pioni Yan, uh, he great fighter. He, he got scheduled up against some new dolly. And then now he's just pulled out with an injury. So it's not looking good for our guy Piotr. He went on a zero and four losing streak or some shit. And then now he's injured. So do you think this is like it's wraps for him? No, oh, fuck. He, he, he's the one person that could have been at the top now as we speak but he just fucked up that fight with Al Jermaine pretty bad eh? that was bad that knee to the head it kind of ruined him in a bit in a bit you know like kind of fucked his confidence and ever since then he hasn't been the same but I definitely think he could make a comeback he's a very skilled fighter so I think that he could get 
get to the top again if he really wanted to. But it's just a matter of just whether whether or not he wants to, you know, because obviously a fighter can only go through so much before he quits. You know, like, you know, it's just mental might not be there anymore or, or whatever. But um, it'd be good to see. I like his style a lot. He's a very slick, slick boxer. And, you know, I feel like he's still got that, like, top-tier, like, fighting style, you know. Like, he can, he'll definitely bring bring pain to the table. But um, it'd be interesting to see. It'd be good to see him come back. But I don't know. It, it's a very touchy su- subject. What, what actually happened to him? I have no clue what, what his injury is, but I was just worried about the fact that Song Yudong is such a massive power puncher. Like, dude, I thought that Song was just going to put him out cold. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, I don't know. He's pretty, pretty a pretty, he's a, he's, a, he's a tough guy, you know. He ne- uh, you never know. Like, he, he did pretty well against Marab uh, Dishvili, but, um, Obviously, Marab is just too good for him, but he held his own there and ate some big shots. But I don't know. It'd be good. I was actually very excited to see that fight, but obviously, it's it's, it's now falling falling out. So it's sad to see. But yeah, I'd like to see Peter get back to the top. But yeah, no, I don't know. It's a rough topic. Um, that's all we have time for, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Ben, for coming on the show. Is there anything you want to plug to the fans at home as we wrap up the podcast? Yep. Um, next weekend, Saturday night, I'll be fighting on Super Fight and um, against Daniel Amari. And the fights start at 7 o'clock. Tickets, link to tickets will be in my bio on Instagram, and I'll put a, a live stream up for it as well. If you want to check that out at Benny Patterson with one T against Daniel Amari, um, doors open at 6.30, fights start at 7. Uh, link to tickets will be in my bio on Instagram. I'll also put a live stream up on my Instagram as well, so you guys can follow that, I, at Benny Patterson with one T, so Benny, P-A-T-E-R-S-O-N. Um, if, yeah, if you guys want to come along and support or watch the stream, it would be greatly appreciated. Follow Ben on Instagram, link in the description, and follow Anything Combat on Spotify. See you guys next time.